Good morning. Uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Nate, and I've been asked to do a little preaching today. And uh, anyways, I just wanted to say hello, introduce myself. Um, last week, if you caught our video, uh, Mike was talking about the question that Jesus asked, do you love me? We've been going through this series of uh, questions that Jesus asks, and we're all the way up to question number 14. I don't know how long this is going to go, hopefully not forever, but uh, <laughs> surely not. Um, next week, if you're curious, we have a guest speaker coming into town. His name's Steve Gregg. Uh, you can look him up online and check out his stuff. Uh, today, we're looking at a very interesting question, but before I, before I look into the passage, I want to ask you a question. Um, are you someone who's serious, like, who's easily offended? Are, are, when, when somebody says something offensive, do you take it to heart really quickly? Um, or do you, or are, are you somebody that lets things roll off your back? Um, it, it's, it's a question to ask yourself. You know, in, in the world we live in today, people take things so offensively, so quickly. Um, I, I found some memes I wanted to share with you. Uh, the first one, uh, if you've seen those guys, they'll hold a sign up and it says something. This one says, uh, we can disagree and still be friends until I hear you order your steak. Well done. So yeah, it's, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're good, but if you do something I don't like, then, then uh, we're no longer good friends. Um, here's another one. A, a, a tree house is the biggest insult to a tree. Here, I killed your friend. Hold him for me. That's awful, right? That's just awful. But it's offensive. It's, it's offensive to a tree. Uh, and, and here's the last one. The payday candy bar is changing its name because it's offensive to those who don't work. So everything's offensive to somebody. It's going to offend somebody. Um, and, and, and again, our, our culture is just so fragile. And it can be offended so quickly and easily. Anything you say today on Facebook or on Twitter can be picked apart. And it's offensive to some group. Um, here's some words that I, that I wrote down that are uh, associated with the word offend. Um, irritate, annoy, anger, provoke, upset, disrupt, or disturb. And, uh, or, or maybe even like maybe, uh, you know, you get, you get under somebody's skin or you use flash to move somebody into a decision. Um, here's a verse I found in Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11. It says, smart people are patient. They will be honored if they ignore insults. Are you somebody who can, can ignore an insult? That's so hard to even comprehend sometimes to ignore somebody who's, who's insulting me. It can be a real challenge. Uh, to do so. But whenever I started thinking about things in the Bible that are offensive, Jesus says a lot of offensive things, if you haven't noticed. There's a lot of times he'll kind of draw the line in the sand and make you decide which which side of the line you're going to be on. And and he makes those offensive comments on purpose. Here's a few that I wrote down. In, in Luke 14, there's a large crowd, and Jesus turns to him and says, if you don't hate your mother, brother, sister, your family, or even your own life, you can't be my follower. And just that, I, he, it's so offensive, right? To hate your family? That's crazy. In Matthew chapter 8, he turns to his followers. Or, or, or the, the, there's somebody who wants to be a follower, and his dad just died. And he, and, and he asks, what do I need to do to, uh, to be your follower? Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. He's saying, move on. You, 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 how, I mean, just, just imagine losing, your, losing a loved one or a friend. And Jesus turns to you and says, well, to be my follower, you need to let that kind of go. you got to move on and follow me. It's offensive, right? In John 13, he looks to Peter and he says, before the rooster crows three times, I'm sorry, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. How offensive is that? 
I mean, Jesus, you know, you've been following Jesus for years. He looks at you and says, you're going to deny me. You're going to act like you never even knew me. That's offensive. In Matthew chapter 16, again with Peter, he looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. He gets called Satan. How offensive. In John 13, he looks at the disciples. This is at the Last Supper. And you know what I'm going to say. He says, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And he's talking to his closest followers, the people that have loved him and been with him through everything. And he says something very offensive. He says, one of you guys, you're going to betray me. You're going to turn your back on me and things will never be the same. There's a lot of offensive things Jesus says in the Bible. He's always looking for ways to provoke, like I said, to irritate, to stir up things, to make people make decisions. And it's on purpose. Um, the passages we're going to look at today is in John chapter 6. If you want to turn there, you can or read along with me. It's verse 60 through 71. Here's what it says. When the followers heard this, many of them said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? See, what had just happened was he just fed the 5,000. He just fed them. He does this crazy big miracle. You know, gets five loaves and two fish, and he, and he makes it and, and feeds the, the 5,000. And then he starts talking about how he is the bread of life. How we're supposed to consume him, and he's he, and he's he's the manna from God, and then people start thinking, man, this is kind of hard to hear. This is kind of offensive. Who can accept it? They say. It goes on. It says, knowing that his followers were complaining about this, Jesus said, "Does this teaching bother you?" He's asking, "Does this offend you?" He says, "Then will it also bother you to see the Son of Man go back to the place where he came from? It is the Spirit that gives life." The flesh doesn't give life. The words I told you are spirit, and they give life. But some of you don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who did not believe and who would turn against him. Jesus said, this is the reason I said, if the Father does, if the Father does to bring a person to me, that one cannot come. After Jesus said this, many of the followers left him and stopped following him. You know, instantly I tied it, I, I notice, when I stop believing, I'm offended. When I don't believe what Jesus says, when I truly, down to my core, don't believe what He says from a lack of faith, I'm going to be offended. And I'm probably going to walk. It says, after Jesus said these things, many of His followers left Him and stopped following. Jesus asked the twelve followers, do you want to leave too? Simon Peter answered Him, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One from God. Then Jesus answered, I chose all twelve of you, but one of you is the devil. Even after all this, he's still being offensive. He's still making an offensive uh, statement. It says Jesus was, was talking to Judas, or I'm sorry, was talking about Judas, the son of Simon and Iscariot. Judas was one of the twelve, but later he was going to turn against Jesus. Right off the bat, in this, in this uh, story, you've got two different groups. You've got the crowd, and then you've got the disciples. I, and, I, and I believe everything, everybody there was probably offended on some level. You know, Jesus saying, consume me, I'm the bread of life. Um, but what I notice is there's very different responses by these two different groups. At first, the crowd, you know, they're picking them apart. They're complaining. You know, what do you do when you're offended? You complain, Right? You complain about what's said. Maybe you respond to it, and you're, you'll say something else that's even more offensive. And you'll start picking apart the person that offended you. Um, I, I think about they lost sight of reality. 
Just moments before, Jesus fed them with five loaves and two fish. He did a miracle. He's the Son of God. It's obvious. But they lost sight of reality. All they can think about is the offense. They forgot what happened moments just moments ago. They've totally lost sight of it. And I also noticed they, they never address Jesus with their offense. Think about that. Whenever you're offended, do you address the person that offended you? Probably not. A lot of times we don't. We like to avoid that person. Um, they never addressed him. In fact, it, it took Jesus stepping in to say something uh, to, really, to really get the ball rolling. Um, so after that happens, they leave, right? They leave empty. They, you know, they've been fed. Their bellies are full, but they leave very empty. They don't realize that at the time, but they're, but they're leaving empty. Um, but then Jesus turns to the disciples, okay? So this happens. that He turns to the disciples and... I don't think he says, are you going to leave too? I don't think Jesus is all wimpy and asking like like he needs them to stay. I think he turns to him and says, what? Are you going to leave too? He doesn't need anybody to stick around. See, Jesus isn't interested in making us happy. He's interested in making us holy. He's looking to change our lives. He says things to disrupt what we're comfortable with. He says things to make us choose to put him first. Here's what the disciples do. The first thing is they continued listening. They didn't even think, they weren't complaining about it. Sure, they may have had a thought or two, but they didn't voice it. That They weren't that concerned. They continued to listen and listen and see what Jesus was going to say. They looked for what he was really saying. They looked past. They could see past the offense. They could see past the part that might bug them. Um, and why, you know, I, I just started thinking about that question. Why, why is it that they could see past Jesus' offense and the crowd couldn't? It's because the disciples really knew who he was. They really knew what he was about. Um, you know, I think Peter says, or, or the followers say, um, you have the words that give eternal life. They knew what, what they'd be missing out on if they walked away. They knew what really mattered. They knew who Jesus really was. They could see him clearly. Um, they all, you know, they remain loyal. I mean, what do they say? Where else are we going to go? Who else are we going to go to? This is what really matters. And see, there's a huge difference between these two. You know, these people are offended by what Jesus says and they leave. They let an offense dictate their fellowship. But the disciples, they see past it and they grow. See, there's a big truth in this passage that I, that I notice is that offenses from Jesus are opportunities for growth. You get to decide. Jesus brings you to a T in the road, and He says, which way are you going to go here? Because there's no middle ground. There's no way that you can do both. You've got to decide. You have a choice to make. And it's important that we choose. You know, he, he, he's not going to sit around and let us ride the fence. And it's on purpose. Um, he's constantly bringing people to choices. And I, and I, and I wonder, I, I start thinking about, okay, what are some ways that Jesus tries to get my attention? What are some ways that Jesus tries to bring me to that decision. Um, and there, there are some ways that I wrote down, and obviously through His Word. Jesus, is, you know, you're going to read the Bible, and I'm, I'm hoping you're reading your Bible. <laughs> because if you do, Jesus is going to offend you. There's going to be something you're going to read. Some kind of commitment He wants you to make. Some kind of decision He wants you to make. And it's going to offend you. It's going to, you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe Jesus says that. And a lot of times, you're either going to decide to look the other way, or walk away, or you're going to let that moment be a moment where you can look back and you know, I grew from that. Because I read it, and I didn't let it pass by. I took it to heart. 
Jesus also uses people. You know, there's people in my life I, I can think about that have said things to me um, that have been challenging, and I haven't liked it, um, but I know God put them there for a reason. And there's times I'll get offended, but after I pray about it and I think about it, I know Jesus, He's trying to speak through them. He's trying to say something that's going to penetrate my heart and it's going to change me. And if I, if all I do is focus on the offense, I'm going to miss that moment. I think about my mistakes, things that I just screw up, uh, choices that I've made in my life. God wants to use, Jesus wants to use those in my life as an opportunity to grow. Um, tragedy, loss. There's all kinds of reasons, all kinds of things that happen in my life that I can learn from them or I can become hard and totally ignore what God's trying to do in the moment. So I just want to ask you, when you're offended, as we're starting this lesson, when you're offended, what is your response? Because um, why and what you do in response says a lot about your faith. You know, why you're offended can say a lot about your faith. When you're offended by Jesus, because we're offended by all kinds of things, but I'm specifically today talking about when I'm offended by something Jesus says, when I'm faced with the truth, and I'm offended, what do I do? What, what, where am I going to go? Um, what kind of choices will I make? Here's a verse that's not on your notes in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. It says, The slap of a friend can be trusted to help you, but the kisses of an enemy are nothing but lies. Jesus, His slaps, you know, His offenses, they're here to help me. And the sooner I understand that, the sooner I, I, I can gain that in my life, in my heart, the sooner I'll be able to grow. Um, you know, when Jesus is trying to tell me something, no matter how offensive it may be, because some of the things may be more offensive than others, no matter how offensive it is, it's an opportunity. It's a chance. It's a, it's a moment where I can grow. Um, I can deepen my faith. I can grow closer to God. You know, I, I don't know, maybe you just feel like you haven't been able to grow closer to God. If I can get past the offense, it opens the door to growing closer to Him. Maybe I'll learn how to love other people. You know, Jesus will say something and it offends me. If I can look past it, maybe I can learn how to be a better person. Maybe I can see myself more clearly. I can, you know, Jesus points out something in my life. Well, maybe He wants me to see it clearly so I can work on it. You know, maybe I can finally deal with that sin that I've been ignoring for years. Jesus brings me to that T so I'll, I'll see it more clearly. Or maybe there's a hurt in my life that I've just never let go of or it continues to haunt me. And Jesus is saying, you know, this is the moment. It's time to, to, to deal with something like that. You know, the fact is that if I'm too offended, it's going to stunt my growth. I won't be able to move on. I'm going to stay exactly where I am, and I'm going to be empty. But when I see past the offense, it opens the door to growth. And I can, and I can really know who God is. Um, there's some things that, that, I, that I want to talk to you about. You know, there, there's things that happen when, when I allow Jesus to offend me. And one of the first things I thought of was my mind is open to the truth. Um, have you ever tried to talk somebody into something that you can just tell their mind is totally closed? They're just, just totally shut off. They've already decided how they feel about the issue. They've already decided where they're going to stand, and there's no talking to them. Um, that, it's, you're never going to get anywhere, right? Well, Jesus, Jesus feels the same way. Um, here's what uh, David says in Psalms chapter 5, verse 5. Here's his attitude. Uh, towards this. It says, Lead me by your faith and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. That attitude of just saying, God, lead me. Teach me. 
I put my hope in you. Having that kind of attitude, having an open-mindedness, you can't help but grow. Because you're going to be looking for how does God, like what's He really trying to say? What's He really trying to show me? You're going to be able to think and and work through some things. You're going to see the real truth. And there's a lot of different truths out there. A lot of different, you know, you can hear one story six different ways. What's really truth? You've got to come back to what Jesus says. What is, how does He feel about the subject? In John chapter 6, um, again, He says, uh, what are you going to go to? And they said, but you have the words of eternal life. The disciples knew. Their, their minds were open. They knew that the only truth, the real truth, was from Jesus. And their minds were totally open to it. So, for the, so the first thing is my mind will be open to the truth. The second thing is my heart will be open to His guidance. Um, here's a verse in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14. It says, A tender-hearted person lives a blessed life. A hard-hearted person lives a hard life. Man, you can make hard, you, you can make life hard on yourself pretty fast whenever you're hard-hearted and you don't care about anything. Uh, you're, you're just shut off. Um, but whenever you can let your heart be tender, it says a tender-hearted person has a blessed life. You can experience things, change that you never would have thought you could have. You can see somebody change, you know, but it only happens when they have a tender heart. When they're hard-hearted, they totally miss it. Here's out of Mark chapter 6 verse 52. It says, they still don't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. So again, you've got the miracle of the loaves and fishes. He feeds all these people. But they totally miss the moment. They miss the miracle because their heart was too hard. You know, it makes me wonder, why were they really there? Were they there just to have their stomach filled? Or were they there to have their hearts filled? Jesus isn't, isn't looking to fill anything but your heart. He wants to change it. And I, you know, one of the things we say in the campus ministry, I've been doing campus ministry for almost 12 years now, and one of the things we'll say is we don't care why somebody shows up, but we do care about why they stay. And it's important to Jesus why you stay. That's why he makes these profound moments, these profound comments. He wants to see why are you, why are you still here? Why are you still sticking with it? And he wants you to, to decide. And a lot of that, he finds out where your heart really is. It kind of it, it it shows your cards because you have to make a decision. And whenever I'm open, whenever my heart is open to His guidance, that's when the real change begins. That's whenever I can really my heart starts changing. I start seeing things a little bit different, and God can use me. But not only will my heart be open and my mind be open, but my eyes will be open to His purpose. When I allow Jesus to offend me, my eyes will be open. I'll see things that I never saw before. I'll see a purpose that I never had. I'll see things in a totally different light. Here's David again in Psalms chapter 119, verse 18. It says, Open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your teachings. Have you ever asked that? Have you ever asked God, God, help me understand this passage. God, help me understand what you're trying to say. Because sometimes it can be hard to understand. Well, whenever we allow Jesus to offend us, we can see past that offense and we can really see what He's trying to say. But it also brings out the purpose behind it. Um, you know, you can really see what he's saying. The, the, the disciples saw Jesus and his purpose clearly. There was no fogginess with, with, with their vision. They saw what Jesus was all about, and that's why they stuck around. In Mark chapter 8, verse 25, it says, Then Jesus laid his hands on, the, on his eyes again 
and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored. And he was, and he saw everything clearly. Now, I don't know where you're at, you know, maybe you're blind right now and you need to be, be able to see some things clearly. Jesus has these moments where he's wanting to offend you to wake you up and help you see something more clearly. But if, if your eyes are shut, if your heart's hardened, if your mind, if you're already closed-minded, he has no chance. I have to allow Jesus to offend me. I have to see past the offense. Um, you know, when my eyes are, are open clearly, I can see past those things. I, I can see through the chaos to what's what's God really wanting to do. You know, when so when I lose a loved one, what does God? You know, I can ask that question. What is God trying to do here? And I start seeing things. I start seeing. Um, what he's really trying to do, how he wants to use me, how he wants to affect the situation. I can see the reality. I can see past the temporary things. Um, so I guess this morning, I, I, again, I want to ask you, do you let Jesus stir your heart? Do you let Jesus get in there and, and disrupt things? Because the sooner I let him have his way, the sooner I let him mess with my life and, and, and offend me, the sooner I can grow and I can become something that he wants me to be. And it's important. It's almost, it, in some ways, it's crucial that I let God disrupt my way of life. I mean, you look at the disciples again. They allowed Jesus to offend them. They didn't, they didn't get caught up in the offense. And look at how their lives were. Look how different their relationship with Christ was. They were able to see past it. And uh, one of the things about this is whenever I get really serious about this, when my faith starts to grow, and I become closer and closer to God, sooner or later, my faith is going to start offending other people just like Jesus did. And that may scare you. That You may be thinking, oh, but I don't want to offend people. I don't want to bring up Jesus because it might offend somebody. Well, that's a different conversation than we can have. But it's important that we understand whenever I start acting like Jesus, when my life gets closer and closer to becoming like Jesus, I'm going to start offending people just like He did. I'm going to start bringing people to the same decisions I'm going to start moving in people's lives. And I, I just want to ask you, is that something you want to be? Is that, a, is that the kind of disciple you want to be? Or do you want to be one of the followers who eventually just gets offended and leaves? Because you're going to offend somebody. Your life, you know, we've already talked about this. Your life's going to offend someone in some way. And you need to decide who who's it going to be. Who are you going to be okay with offending? Because if I, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want to be somebody who offends Jesus I want to be somebody who offends like Jesus. I think about all the people that walked away from Jesus that were offended. You know, the, the group that you would be a part of. You got the Pharisees. You got the, the, the rich young ruler. You know, what do I have to do? Oh, sell everything. Oh, I can't do that. You know, what is it for you? You know, what's it going to take for you to walk away? I mean, I, I, ask yourself, what is it? If I was offended in this way, then I'd probably walk. That's, Man, we got to be able to look past the offense of Jesus and see what he's really saying um, to really be his follower. So the question I, that I want to spend the rest of our time talking about is, or the thought is, that my faith will offend like Jesus. There's three things that will happen. Or there's three things that I can do to offend like Jesus. That's really what I mean. So my faith will offend like Jesus when I radically commit to living like Jesus. You know, no one's going to be offended by my faith if they see a life that doesn't reflect what I'm preaching. They're not, if my, if my integrity is shot and they look at my life and it's not backed up, if, if what I say isn't backed up by my life, 
No one's, it, it's going to go on deaf ears. It's not going to mean anything. I have to radically, I, I have to draw a line in the sand, just like the disciples did when they said, man, where else are we going to go? You have the bread of, you are the bread of life. You have the words of eternal life. And they draw a line in the sand. They say, we're not going anywhere. And you, and, and, and in a lot of ways, as a disciple, if I'm going to be somebody who offends like Christ, I have to draw a line in the sand too. And I have to say, this is it for me. This is my life. This is who I'm going to be. No more riding the fence. You know, be, being sold out. Where else am I going to go? This is it. I have to make that decision. I want to ask you, is it clear? Is it obvious that you're a disciple? And I'm not talking about walking into work and telling everybody you're a disciple or telling everybody you're a Christian. Is it obvious from your life to other people that you're a follower of Christ? Because it's important. That I don't just, I, I shouldn't have to say, I follow Christ. My life should communicate that. You know, th- just think about it. When, whenever you're at home with your family, whenever you're at work, when you're with a stranger, would they have a hunch, you know what, maybe this person is serious about their faith? Or do they not even notice a difference? Or, or even whenever you're by yourself, do things change when you're by yourself? Are you the same person? Or are you somebody totally different? That's when you can find out what's real and what's not. In John chapter 15, verse 18 through 20, it says, If the world hates you, this is Jesus talking, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as it loves its own. But I have chosen you out of the world, so you don't belong to it. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If people did wrong to me, they'll do wrong to you. And if they obey my teaching, they will obey yours too. Are you trying to blend in with the world, with our culture? The time, for, the, 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 the time of blending in needs to die. I'm just going to say it. We, we got we got to quit trying to blend in, and we got to radically be different. The world needs to see different right now. You know they do. They need to see somebody who doesn't just talk about Christ, but lives a life that is radically committed to being like Jesus. Think about like just where you go, who you spend your time with. Are you more concerned about offending other people, or are you concerned about changing lives, about offending them for Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like, Like whenever you think about... Why do I stop offending Jesus? Or why do I stop offending for Jesus? It's usually because I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid. And I'll back down. Um, you know, I, I just think about, there's been times in my life when I've thought, I'm offending like Jesus. But in reality, I'm offending Jesus. Because my life is nothing like His. What does your life say? Think about this. If, you know, we're in, we're in the, uh, election year. If your life is your campaign, what's your slogan? What's your slogan? What does it say about you? If your life is your campaign, your campaign what's the slogan you, that, that would be attached to it that people will recognize you for? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What does your life push other people to do? Does it do anything? Or does it push people to see Christ? Does it encourage them to make a decision to put God first in their life? That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a man of faith. 
that when I come in contact with somebody, that it's infectious. They can't help it. It's so radical. It makes people make a decision, just like Jesus did. I hope to be that one day. So not only, you know, my faith will offend like Jesus when I radically commit to living like Jesus, but also when I repeat the words of Jesus. Man, when I quote Jesus, if I quote some of the offensive things he says, people are still going to take offense to it today. It's still offensive to think about hating your family. <laughs> it's still offensive to think about some of those things. Um, but it, but whenever I stop and think about it, it takes the pressure off. It's not, it's not my words anymore. I'm quoting Jesus. I'm saying, well, that's what Jesus says, not what I think. See, whenever I start throwing my opinions out and start making it about what I think, that's when I get in trouble. You know, you think about that verse, they rejected me first. That's what Jesus says. They rejected me before, before you were even here, before you were even a thought. They were rejecting me. So remember that. And there's, there's another time when Jesus says, I'm just telling you what the Father in heaven told me to say. He's even saying, this ain't even my stuff. This is God. I'm talking through God. So even Jesus says, you know, it ain't about my opinion. It's about what the Heavenly Father thinks. Who do you quote? Who do you quote the most? Whenever you think about the, the words you use, who influences the way you talk? Because the, the words I speak, they matter so much. And it really tells a lot about where my heart's at. Check this out in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, don't let, don't, don't let even one rotten word slip, uh, seep out of your mouth. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up when they need it the most. That way your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them. What, what kind of words are you using? I mean, think about it. If I, if, if I use Jesus' words, It'll offend and help people change. You don't want to be somebody who just, who just, I'm just sharing my opinions and that's why people are mad because we have different opinions. Man, bring it back to Christ. Bring it back to what Jesus says because that's what matters the most anyways. You know, Jesus says one way and one truth. You know, he, he is the way. Man, if, if, if I start talking like that about that's what Jesus says, it's going to offend somebody. But I need to remember they're offended by Jesus, not by me. Okay, so I, so I, if, if I radically commit to living like Jesus, repeat the words Jesus spoke, but the last thing is, my faith will offend like Jesus when I refuse to back down. Now, this one's tough for me. I think about the reasons why I back down when it comes to offending people like Jesus, and it always comes back to fear. It always comes back to insecurities. It always comes back to me just being scared that things aren't going to work out. Um, when you notice somebody is offended by your faith, which I hope, you know, people are offended by your faith. If they're not, that's another question you need to ask yourself. Why aren't people offended by your faith? But when you notice people are, do you quit? Does it, hold, does it make you hold back? Does it make you kind of lighten what you're going to say or maybe make decisions that aren't so radical? Because Jesus never backed down. In fact, a lot of times, even in that passage, if you turn back to John 6, he says one thing. He says, he, he, he says to him, what does that bother you? Does it offend you? And then he goes down. Here's what it says. He asks the disciples, he says, Jesus asked the 12, the, the 12 followers, do you want to leave me too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One from God. Then Jesus answered, I chose the 12 of you, but one of you is the devil. 
So even after, he's still offending them. He never, he never backs down. Jesus never says, I, he could care less about other people's feelings. He loves them too much to not tell them the truth. He loves them too much to back down from the offense, from saying offensive things. Here's a verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 through 12. It says, people will insult you and hurt you. They will lie and say all kinds of evil things about you because you follow me. But when you do, or when they do, you will be blessed. Rejoice and be glad because you have great, you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. People did the same evil things to the prophets who lived before you. And I just want to encourage you, you know, for me, I, I, I just, it, it kills me sometimes whenever people up and leave. You know, if I was Jesus in that, in that moment, I say something that's offensive and people start leaving, I start getting offended by that. And I start, and I start questioning things. Um, you know, I, I think about close friends that I've had, um, and making a stand for Christ, it's driven people away. I've watched family members give up on their faith. And yet, I still cling on. I still, I still hold on. I, where else am I gonna go? Who else has, no one else has the words of eternal life. Just like the disciples, I think about that. And I question, man, why am I still here sometimes? But I remember, I remember why. It's because Jesus has the real answers. There's nothing else out there. And um, I can talk myself into a circle where I'm ready to quit. I don't know about you, but there's times where I start thinking, man, this is it. You know, maybe, maybe this, maybe I need to quit too. And I, and but I have other people in my life. God, God's placed people at the right moments to remind me what it's about. And I think about, you know, even growing up in church. I don't know about you if you grew up in church or not, but. Regardless, you've had people in, in your relationship with God that have been there and reminded you of why you do what you do. There's people that, that have, that have never given up. You look at their faith and you're like, man, it, it, it spurs me and, and pushes me to never give up too. It reminds me, you know, it, they always show up. They're always here. You know, they're, they, they don't, they're not throwing the towel in. And I need people to say that. I need to hear people say, I'm not giving up. I'm not going anywhere. Just like the disciples did. But I also remind myself, you know what? People need to hear that from me. People need to hear me say, I'm not going anywhere. People need to hear me say, I'm not giving up. People need to hear me say, this is, this is where the, the real stuff is. That he has the words, um, of eternal life. And I just want to encourage you, you know, this morning, I just want you to think about, you know, does your faith offend like Jesus? It's important that it does. Because the closer and closer you get to Jesus, the more offensive it's going to be. The more radical you become about your relationship with God, the more offensive other people are going to take it. And it's a good thing. You know, it, it can discourage you, but it's a good thing. It's important that we understand it's part of it. Because that, that's just who Jesus was. He said things because it was true. And it offended people. That was part of it. Now just think about that verse in Matthew chapter 5. Again, it says... Um, they will lie and say all kinds of things that are evil about you because you follow me. And it says, but when you do, you will be blessed. Rejoice and be glad because you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. And then he says, people are the, people are the same thing to the prophets who lived before you. It's, 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 it's old news. People are always going to be offended by, by Jesus. They're always going to be offended by the things he says. He parts the waters. He says, you gotta choose which side you're gonna be on. And if I'm gonna follow Jesus closely, I'm gonna do the same thing. 
Um, I brought this book with me, and I wanted to read a part of it at, as we close. But this is a book. It's called Starving Jesus. And it's written by these two guys. And these guys actually run the XXX Church uh, website. And, of course, that, uh, you know, that can be found offensive <laughs> in some ways. But they're, 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 they've spent their lives trying to help people recover from pornography addictions and trying to get out of that lifestyle. They've, they've, they've helped um, people that are, that are in the porn industry get out of that lifestyle and change their life. And it only happened because they've been offensive. They, they went, this is back in 2007, they went across the country with a pew, and they would park the pew out in front of the church building. These churches agreed to it. They would put the pew out in front of the church or on their stage, and then they would um, handcuff themselves to the pew. And, they, and, 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 and they would tell the congregations and the people walking by that being chained to the pew is not how God ever intended life to be. He wants us to be out doing things in the world, changing the world, being offensive, doing whatever, whatever it takes to lead somebody to Christ and change a life. So I, I just want to read this part to you. There's a whole chapter about offending like Jesus. And I just want to read this to you as I close. This is what it says. These guys, it says, People ask us all the time, What can I do to help? We say very directly, What do you believe in? What do you want to tell the world? What do you need to tell the world? What does God want to tell the world? Perhaps more than anyone in history, Paul understood his role of offending like Jesus. We often like to dismiss scriptures from Paul because they make us responsible to all the people around us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, By all possible means, I might save some. By all possible means. That scripture is not a load of gun giving you license to be a complete idiot in the name of Christ. But it is the freedom to, to, to go, do, and say whatever you need to. To say it to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Actually, it's a responsibility. When you do decide to offend like Jesus, you will often think you're wrong. You will want to quit. You will wonder if you're doing any good. Let all the doubts and uncertainty be your benchmark for success. Because I guarantee you, if you doubt yourself and your work, you're, the, you're on the right track. Be outrageous. Challenge everyone around you, whatever, uh, whether they're of faith or not. Use wild and whacked out tactics. Whatever rules you are presently under in your faith or denomination, break them. Be bold for Christ. Be creative for Him. Shake it up and mix it up. Offend like Jesus. Now, I just want to challenge you this morning. Don't stay on the couch. You know, if you're at home watching this, don't, don't let your faith become dormant. Don't let Jesus' words become mundane and just another voice in your life. But let them offend you to change. Let them offend you so much that your, that your faith won't stay the same. That it'll become something much greater. Enough to where you're ready to offend somebody else for his sake. Enough to where you're ready to stir the lives around you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much, uh, f- just for your word. For moments in scripture when, when you show me something that's so crazy to comprehend, you want to mix up my life. You want me, you want to disturb me. You want to disrupt my life to a point that I'll change. To a point that I'll want to be something different. And Father, I pray for greater Alden, 
for other churches in the area, for the churches in Chicago and different people that are watching this, Father, that our faith won't become dormant, that it won't stay on the couch, that it won't stay in the pew, Father, that our faith will be offensive, that it's so radical that people can't help but be offended because we live in such a way that it offends. And Father, I pray we won't back down, God. Your son never backed down. In fact, sometimes he would, he would offend even more. He would go from one offense to the next. And it would, and it was all for the purpose to change people's hearts. And Father, I, I pray I can have a faith like that. A faith that won't break and be, sh- and, and be shaken. A faith that won't be scared to offend somebody. And Father, I, I pray for everybody listening to this, God, I, I, I just pray that we won't be like the crowd that we get offended by what you say and walk away. But Father, we'll be like, we'll be like, like, like the disciples where we decide that we're going to see past what offends us and we're going to look to how you want us to change. Father, I love you. I love this church. I pray that we can be offensive for you. I love you. I pray this on your son's name. Amen.